Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. How about just turning and wave to somebody? Praise God. Praise God. Today, we're going to glean a little from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. So if you open your Bibles or your electronic devices or look at the screen, are we waiting for God's Son from heaven? That's just a question. Are we waiting? Are we just sleep and not waiting? And figure he'll come sometime in the next 2,000 years, maybe. Or we are just, we are waiting, anticipating that he's going to come any time now. It was an interesting uh, study that I was doing uh, with this. I wasn't planning on teaching it, but it was very interesting that. The Apostle Paul, and from the New American Standard, says Silvanus, and and, uh, it's really Silas. And so Paul and Silas, they were leaving uh, Philippi uh, from being in jail, and they came to Thessalonica, and you would think that if you just got out of jail, getting in trouble with the with superiors and everything uh, in different cities, you would say, "Well, man, I'm gonna I'm lay low. I'm not. I'm gonna stop doing this thing," you know. But they didn't, and we shouldn't. And as we look at this, let's think about what we can do. Even though we are not the Apostle Paul, of course, and we're not on his apostolic team, and so we're not really, uh, most of us are not starting a church, but we do need to take the gospel everywhere we go. We need to do that. And so as we read this, I don't want you to think that well, this doesn't concern me because um, this is not happening with me or in Lynchburg, but it should be happening everywhere we go because the Holy Spirit can lead us to uh, talk to someone at the, at the service uh, station or some uh, pump or something, that somebody right over in the next pump with you, and they say hello, and you say hello. Uh, he might lead you to, to ask them a question or whatever the situation may be. So you have to be ready. In the grocery store, it could be the same thing. Just because we're wearing a mask does not mean that you can't talk. You can talk. Uh, So um, what can we do to take the gospel of Jesus Christ where we are, wherever we are? That's what I want to know. So as we're looking at verse 1, let's look at verse 1, Paul and 
Savannah's, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace. Now, as we're looking at this, the backdrop is that they are coming here and in Acts chapter 17, verse 1 through probably 10, it tells you the, the backdrop of all what, was, what happened when they went. And they had to leave because of the persecution that was going on. And it was, it was really a sad situation that they were planning on putting them in jail, but they couldn't find them. And so uh, instead of dragging Paul and, and uh, Silas out, they drug Jason out, who they were standing at, at Jason's house. And Jason and some of the brethren, uh, they, they drug them out. And it was a mob because the, the Jews got upset and jealous uh, because uh, they were winning souls. Uh, Jews, uh, the Greeks, uh, prominent women, uh, they, they, they were just uh, hungry for what Paul and Silas were teaching. And so they had to leave at night. And Paul was very concerned because it said in the scripture that he went to a synagogue. You know, that's... that's, that's, that's the, 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 what Paul does. When he goes to a city, he's going to go to a synagogue, if he has a synagogue, and he's going to start proclaiming Jesus Christ and, 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 and him crucified. And that's what he did for three Saturdays. And then all this started happening. Now, uh, some people think that, well, uh, he was there only three weeks. But Others say he had to be there more than three weeks because of all the things that the, that the uh, church at Thessalonica knew that he had to be there more than just three weeks. And so some think it was probably three months. But regardless what it was that, that, that he wanted to find out, are they still in the faith? Or did they, because of the persecution, because I had to uh, leave uh, sneak out of the city and everything, uh, did, did they just fall back to idols and things? What was going on? And so he was very concerned, so he sent Timothy uh, to check on them, and Timothy came back with a good report uh, saying they were in the faith and they were just excited about Jesus Christ. And, and Paul got really, really excited, and so he wrote this pen, this first uh, epistle to the uh, Thessalonian church. So that's the, that's the backdrop of what was, was going on. In verse 2, it says, We give thanks to God always for all of you, making mention of you in our prayers. Now, that's, that's, that's important. Now, of course, he was the one who brought the gospel to him, But we, we can be making mention of each other in our prayers on a daily basis. We don't have to 
uh, it doesn't have to be because, uh, well, uh, I didn't, I didn't bring them to Cornerstone, you know. It doesn't matter. We are part of the body of Christ, and we should be praying for one another daily. All of us, we should be praying. Just, we don't have to make those uh, three-hour, two-hour, one-hour prayer, but we can just pray for one another daily. We need prayer. The body of Christ needs prayer. And he says in, in, in verse 3, constantly bearing in mind your work of faith, your labor of love, and steadfastness in hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of our God and Father. And we know that Jesus is ever interceding on our behalf. And, and, and we, that's a great thing. And we want to look at this verse 3 and say, well, how am I doing in this? If Paul has started Cornerstone and wrote to us, would he be constantly bearing in mind our work of faith, our labor of love, and our steadfastness in hope. So those are three things that I want to continue to cultivate. I want to cultivate uh, my, my faith because sometimes things happen, especially in things like, like today's culture, but also in the culture back then. And this was being approximately uh, 50, 51, somewhere like that. But uh, you, you, you think that they, after such short time, they were in the faith amidst persecution that we haven't seen. Nobody comes and drag us uh, out and, 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 and put us before authorities. Nobody's doing that, but they did that with Jason and some of the brothers. They did that, but they were steadfast also uh, in, in, the, in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. They were steadfast. They had work of faith. They had labor of love. And that's what I wanted for, to us. I, want, I wanted to be a testimony that, that, that Jesus would say or anybody would say, my goodness gracious, they're, 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 they are working out their faith because faith should be worked out. Yes, we're in the faith, but it's our faith at work. And that's what I want to constantly be cultivating in me and all of us is that is my faith working out so that others can see it, so that others will benefit so that wherever we go as a church, individually, home and everywhere else, is our faith at work. Do we have a labor of love? Do we have it? A labor of love. How do we labor in love? How do we do it? How do we work out our faith? 
These are questions that they were doing. I believe it's like when you first fall in love, you can't really keep your mind off the person you're in love with. And God definitely wants us to return our first love. And we should not be able to keep our minds off of Jesus and what he did when he walked the earth, what he left us to do when he left the earth. And are we doing that? Because he definitely had a labor of love. He definitely did. And so I want to suggest one thing for us to do. Um, I had it at the end, but I want to do it now, is that one way that we can show love is that we can help others. That's what we can do. We support a, a ministry called the Miriam's House, and we periodically... We'll do, do things that would be a blessing to them. We used to go and um, play games with some of them and things like that. I, when, when I had a life group, we did that. And they were asking for help because they have children in, 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 in Miriam's house. They had children then. They still have children now. Uh, and they don't want any child to be without a home. And so they had a fundraising uh, thing uh, called uh, Mustache for, for Kids. And I would like to take part in that. Um, <clears throat> not that I have to grow a mustache because I already have one. Not, not that we, uh, the women not going to do that. But can we really bless Miriam's house? Now, now, now this is some of the uh, statistics that they gave of three of them at least, it said 40% of the children we serve each year are children, 40%. In 2019, Miriam House returned 135 homeless children to the safety of the home. And every dollar that's donated is going to go towards housing, rehousing homeless families. And basically it's, it's women with children, single, single mothers with children. And they are really in need. And of course the scripture tells us that God wants us to be Helping the the widows, the orphans. He wants us to give to the poor. He said, he who gives to the poor lends to the Lord. And God will repay us back again. He he tries to give us incentives to, to be a blessing to others. And I think it's, it's, it's a good way to... have a labor of love to, to walk out the scripture because it doesn't do a lot of good. It does some 
for us to hear the word. And God says that he wants us to be hearers of the word, of course. But he wants us to be doers and not just hearers only. Be doers of the word. And so as I'm teaching and as I was uh, studying for the thought came to more, how, how are we going to show our work of faith, our labor of love, our steadfastness in hope? You know, if we don't have much money uh, to give, we just have enough for what we have to do. I say I need some hope in the word, and hope is, a, is anticipation. You know, it's joyful anticipation. It's not a hope, I hope. You know, it's not one of those things. It's, it's I'm looking forward to what, what God has said because he said that, that he, will, he will give us finances because he gives bread for food. He gives seed for sowing. He multiplies our seed sown. He says that in Corinthians. So uh, God has already told us, I have given you enough so that you can do what I've called you to do. And it, it, it is. It's enough in our house to do what God has called us to do, regardless of, of how little money that I have. And it's the same way in the church, same way in your life. You have enough that you can do that. And that's what uh, Matthew was all about when he said we can't serve God or mammon. He says that, that you can't serve God and mammon, so you're going to you're gonna have to serve one of them because you're going to either hate the one and love the other or vice versa. He says, so um, you may think, what am I going to do for food myself? What am I going to do about clothes myself? What am I going to do about this? Well, he says that uh, look to the lizards of the field because they are arrayed more than uh, Solomon all his glory. So he gave us that to tell us that you have everything you need to do what I've asked you to do. I'm looking for this labor of love. I'm looking for this steadfastness of faith. I'm looking for that. And see, the, the, the Thessalonian church, after so short period of time, whether it was three weeks, whether it was three months, it's still, as we read uh, through the first, through the five chapters, you'll see that they knew so much. They knew about the uh, catching up of the church, the, uh, the rapture. They knew about, which we call the rapture. They knew about all these things. And, and so how did they learn all these things? Why, I mean, how did they start um, showing their labor love? They were excited to be named with Paul and with Jesus because Paul was persecuted. Jesus was persecuted. So they said, praise God, we are persecuted and we're excited about it. And, and so that's how they, they were, a young church. And they were excited. And, and, and Apostle Paul says, I constantly bear in mind your work of faith, your labor of love, your steadfastness and hope. And I said, boy. I want them to say that about us. That's what I want them to say. So how can I do that? What can I do, God? And uh, my attention was drawn to this email I, I had received from the Miriam's house. I said, well, you know, maybe we can do that as a 
to show our labor love during this um, pandemic situation where people lost jobs, people have been laid off, and things like that. Well, praise God. God is not, uh, I don't think now heaven has lost finances because of the pandemic. I don't think so. Because all the silver, all the gold, the cattle on a thousand hill belongs to him. There's nothing that he can't do. And we know that because we just finished singing about the faithfulness of God. Uh, he, he is faithful. And so it's nothing that he, he can't do. Nothing whatsoever. So that's, that's one of the things. Let's go to verse uh, 5. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. And I said, well, boy, this is, this is interesting here now. So Paul is telling them that when I brought the gospel to you, Thessalonians, I didn't just come to you and just talk to you. That's that's word, logos. I did talk. I did communicate with you. But not just with words only, but also in power. I said, oh, stop, stop. What do you mean, God? You came to with power. What kind of power did you come in? And we were thinking, that, well, one thing is that the word is powerful, isn't it? The word is powerful. It's quick and powerful and sharp, and then the two-edged sword, able to divide something of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, the discerning of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word is, is powerful. The word is powerful. So I said, well, I know you didn't come in word only. You came with power. What kind of power are we talking about, God? I think that that Paul didn't just talk to him. I believe that Paul demonstrated what he was talking about. See, because the word always going to have some signs following it. Because that's, that's always through scripture. Words that God says, that God speaks, has signs following. And how could they have such great faith without the power being in not only what was said, but how it was said, and then the Holy Spirit working with the word and empowering it to do what he said it would do. Because the word of God can build you up and sustain us without us trying to do it ourselves. Because we can't. It's the word that, 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 that is working in us. It's like yeast in us. It is, it's, it's doing something. Even though you don't see it doing anything, if you watch long enough or go away and come back, and, and whatever that yeast was in, that dough, 
the dough is going to change. And when the word gets in us with the power of the Holy Spirit, it's going to cause some change in us. That's what it's going to cause. And so, uh, because it's powerful in itself, it's alive and powerful. And so, he knows the intents of our hearts because the word doesn't. And so, the Holy Spirit helps us to get out things in our heart that shouldn't be there and sanctifies us because, because we are sanctified and are being sanctified. And the work is going to continue until the day of Christ. We're never going to arrive until we leave this body. So I believe that this short letter to the Thessalonians uh, was so powerful, and he said so much. That I said, well, this young church, and I want, I want, I want every one of us to walk just as they walked, even though they were young in the Lord. And I believe that God wants to do it in every last one of us individually. Because if, if, if it's not done, then just think what an unsanctified Willie Taylor would sound like, would look like, Wag like, and you can put your name in it. How would you be if the Holy Spirit doesn't change you? How would you be? And we know how, how we'll be. We'll be just like we were before we got saved. Because just because you get saved, it doesn't mean that, woohoo, wow, I'm a new creature and I talk different. I walk different. Well, I'm perfect now. No. Uh-uh. No. It's a, it's, a, it's a progressive work. And it's all. It's a progressive work. So we have to yield to this process of change. And I want to constantly encourage us to yield to the Holy Spirit. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, do you see anything in me that need to be changed today, this week? Help my Holy Spirit to be more like you today than I was yesterday. It's a progressive work. And I don't know whether you pray that prayer or not. I don't know whether you think that way or not. But I don't know any other way to have this type of report after so short a period of time of somebody giving you the word of God, except the Holy Spirit works it in us. I don't know any other way. Look at verse 6 says, You also became imitators of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much tribulation with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Now, notice what it said. You also 
became imitators of us and of the Lord. It was seemed like it should have read, you became imitators of the Lord and us. But he put himself first. You became imitators of me, in other words, or of us, meaning uh, both of them, Silas and, and him. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. That tells me that Paul knew that when you give the gospel this thanksgiving, when you share the gospel this thanksgiving, that your walk is going to have to be louder than your talk. Because Paul can, you know, give the, the word, the Logos, and just read them the word and tell them about the word and tell them about the, the person of the word, but if he doesn't walk it out, it's a, it, it doesn't do the job. Neither does it do the job with us, with our relatives. Because most of us will be with our relatives probably uh, during Thanksgiving. It's a great day for eating. And, and it's good. But it's a great day for your relatives to see some change. Because sometimes... You get together only once a year with some relatives. And Thanksgiving is one of those times that um, I know I get together. We, we, we probably won't do it this year, but uh, we used to get together every Thanksgiving with my nieces and, and, and just people we invite over. And what sad thing would it be if you never see a change? You never see a change. Those who were uh, saying things like, oh, man, I hope they don't stay long. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, we do have, we do have sometimes uh, issues with people and personalities, you know, our relatives particularly. And sometimes you don't want to be around them too long. And wouldn't it be great if they saw a change? Because they know you're a Christian. But if they don't see it, they don't see changes, changes, changes. That's what I want. That's what I want so much for, uh, for us. And I know that it happened to them, the church at Thessalonica. I knew it, ha- it happened for them. They changed. There was some change going on in their lives because they were imitating Paul and Silas. And Jesus Christ. And we need to imitate our Lord Jesus Christ. And we need people to imitate us. That's what we need. Look at verse 4. Verse 9. Let's go to verse 9. For they themselves report about us what kind of a reception we had with with you and how you turned listen to that now how you turn to God from idols 
to serve the living and true God. Now, so the Thessalonians, they weren't Christians before, you know, um, Paul and Silas came. They, they were hearing the gospel for the first time. It was, it was Paul's second uh, missionary journey. And you'll say, well, wait a minute now. How they turn to God from idols? Now, you know, we're not talking about, we're not talking about elementary school kids. We're talking about adults giving their life to Jesus Christ. They've been serving idols for years. You know, I look back and there are things that were precious to me and more precious to me than Christianity before I got saved. And I'm sure it's the same thing with you. I don't think you were, were, you know, all that great before you got saved. And so uh, once I got saved, things changed little by little, just little by little, little by little. And it's taken a long time for any substantial change to be seen. But these Thessalonians, these turn from idols to God swiftly to serve the living God. Swiftly. So swiftly, Paul could write to him. Of course, the Holy Spirit is penning through him. But you, you think that, wow, what in the world did Paul say to them? What did he show them that they were willing to be drugged through the city? You know, and, and, and they turning from all, all that they knew to the living God that they just got introduced to? How did that happen? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it can happen whoever you talk to at the service station, at the dinner table, in a restaurant, wherever. Because the word of God doesn't have any limits. Word of God doesn't have any, uh, it doesn't ha- you don't have to be in a place, a so-called holy place for the word of God to be quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. You don't, you don't have to be there. You just have to be in your temple sanctified. Because wherever Jesus went, he carried sanctification with him because he was sanctified. I don't care if he was at the, at, at the, uh, you know, at the house eating with Pharisees, whether he was going along with uh, anybody. It doesn't matter. And that's where it should be with us. And I said, this is a powerful thing here. And verse 10 says, and to wait for his son from heaven. They turned from idols to serve the living God and to wait for his son from heaven. So they knew, Paul had already taught them about the second advent of Jesus. They knew that. 
who he had raised from the dead. That is Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath to come. They knew that salvation was in Jesus and that we don't have to face, and they wouldn't have to face the wrath of God anymore because of the blood of Jesus that was shed on their behalf. He paid the price for their sin, so they didn't have to pay it. He paid the price for our sins, so we don't have to pay it either. And I said, well, these, these Thessalonians, they knew something. They knew something. They were walking their faith out. And so uh, as we are looking at them, I wanted to just make it be a part of us. God, help us to be like the Thessalonian church. We've been in the Lord much longer than they have. But I want this said about me. I want this said about all of us. I want, I, I, I want Randy, who's in uh, Southern Pines or whoever, Jared Daly, who's uh, he's in, a, in, in another place in the summer, it's his home now. Um, I don't care who it is to say, boy, those saints at Cornerstone, I can't believe how you know, they just they just standing in faith. They they have a work of love. They they are they are right on time. Because Rand is sending the two sons from now, uh his son in law, uh who's the uh, number one person after him. Um he's the main teacher. Uh, so he'll be here in two weeks. And you know, and I know, the first thing that Rand is going to ask is, how are they doing? How, how's Cornerstone coming? Because anybody going to ask that. If they, if they love you, if they care for you, they want to know how you're coming along. You know? And I want, I want Ryan, that's his name, Ryan, to be to say to Rand, just like, uh, Paul was saying about the church at Thessalonica, I want him to say that. Not that we're trying to impress Randy. I don't think the the church at Thessalonica was trying to impress Paul or Silas. I think they just fell in love with the Lord Jesus Christ that was proclaimed by Paul and Silas. That's what I think. Because that's who we love. We love Jesus. We don't love a man. We don't love a woman. We, we, we're not going to try to do, put on pretenses and stuff, trying to please somebody. I want to please my Lord. And that's what I want all of us to do. But it's nice for somebody to give a good report about you. Because that's one of the things about uh, an elder. You have to have a good report from those without. Otherwise, you can't be an elder. Because 
if you if you don't have a good report from those without, then you um, you disqualify yourself. So we want a good report, don't we? We want a good report from from the world outside. That's that's if if the world outside doesn't have a good report about us in here, then who who in the world are we, are we gonna save? Who are we gonna who are we gonna proclaim the gospel to? If we don't have a good report from those outside. So let me ask you again. Do we want a good report from those outside of Christ? Yeah, we want a good report. We don't want we don't want them to say, you know, things about us that's true. That's bad. That's ungodly. We don't want them to say that. So we 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 want to walk out the scripture. Let's um, take out your elements, and we're going to receive communion. It's a great place to receive it now because we've just finished talking about the gospel, really, of Jesus Christ. You can, if you have have time, read the second chapter of Thessalonians. That's where I'll be next week. It's good. All of God's word is good, isn't it? It's good. For I have received of the Lord that which I also deliver unto you. That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is for you. This do in remembrance of me. And we are thankful for the body of Christ that was given for us. There's no other person, no other name under heaven of which one can be saved than Jesus Christ. Let's take take on it. Thank you, Father, for your body that was shared for us. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.
after the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped saying this cup is the new testament the new covenant in my blood this do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you do so to show the Lord's death till he comes and he's coming soon Father we thank you for your blood thank you for the blood thank you for the blood that was shed on our behalf we have everything because of the price that you paid on Calvary. Your body that you gave. Your blood that was shed for us to have. All that you have for us to have you. To have the Holy Spirit. Have the Father. Be back in right standing with him. And not be subject to the wrath of God. No time at all. None. Because we are saved. By the blood. That's that's verbally. We we might sing a song. Uh, But let's verbally give thanks to God. Just out, out you know, you don't have to wait on anybody. Just um, let him know. Let him know how much he means to you. Let him know how much you appreciate what he's done for you. Thank you, Father, for the body of Christ. And we need each other, Lord. We're not alone, Lord. We can encourage one another. We can pray for one another. We can see more of you because we have each other. And all of us are different. And all of us show reflection of you, Lord. We thank you for the body. Thank you, Father. Thank you for our children, Lord, who can look at us and see more of you, Lord. And they can say, I want to be like my parents and like Jesus. They will imitate us. Thank you, Father, for children who will imitate us, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Father, for older saints. Thank you for middle-aged saints. Thank you for young saints. Thank you for our children who are saints growing and growing. We thank you for such a variety of ages. Thank you for that. Thank you for the different ethnicities in this body. Thank you for that. Thank you that our lives are hid with you, Christ, in God. Thank you that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Thank you that we are not at our at home here in this world. Our home is in heaven. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for joining us, everyone, today, coming out on this day where it might have felt more cozy and comfortable to stay home. Thanks. Everybody made it on time. Everybody got an extra hour of sleep. And uh, we have a blessing to speak over you before you go out today. The Lord bless you. I'm going to use the amplified version because I like it. The Lord bless you and watch, guard, and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon and enlighten you and be gracious, kind, merciful, and giving favor to you. The Lord lift up his approving countenance upon you and give you peace, tranquility of heart, and life continually. Go in peace today. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.